Meet Stacy. Stacy's on the hunt for a new pair of trendy glasses. Call me picky, but I just can't find the one. Luckily for Stacy, Walmart Vision has virtual try-on. Now she can try on hundreds of frames virtually, then upload her prescription and get new glasses delivered right to her door. Really? <laughs> yeah, really. Well, the hunt just took a turn for the better. Buy your next pair of glasses with virtual try-on from Walmart. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. Restrictions apply. See walmart.com for details. For exclusive podcasts and more, sign up at patreon.com slash partners in crime media. This week's Law & Order Marathon winner is Katie Gilliam of Salem, Massachusetts. Katie will get a marathon decal showing she watched 26.2 hours of her favorite crime show. To be next week's winner, sign up at lawandorderpodcast.com. I'm Kevin Flynn with Rebecca Lavoie and Nettie Smith, and these are their stories. You think you know who did it, but you don't know who did it. Law and order, law and order, law and order. It's no ordinary police procedural, baby. It's the FNOG of police procedures, baby. Law and order, law and order, law and order, law and order. These are their stories, these are their stories. Welcome to These Are Their Stories, the podcast about network TV's most enduring crime franchise and the real-life cases that inspired their shows. I'm Kevin Flynn. Each podcast will break down an episode from either Criminal Intent, SVU, or Original Recipe. And today we're looking at SVU, Season 8, Episode 15, Haystack. So from Friday until when she calls 911 Saturday night, no one ever saw Kendall. We've only got Laura's word that he was alive and well. You're thinking Laura killed her child. Joining me to do just that is true crime author and the host of Crime Writers On and Netflix's You Can't Make This Up podcast, Rebecca Lavoie. Hello, Rebecca. Hello, Kevin. Thank you for having me back. And rounding out our panel is our special guest from the All Hell Yes, a Girlfriends podcast. It's Nettie Smith. Hi, Nettie. Hey, thank you so much for having me back so we can nerd out on SVU. Uh, well, you're, you've got a new podcast. It's about Girlfriends, the UPNCW comedy from the 2000s. Uh, Rebecca, I know you were a fan. I was. Nettie, yes. are you aware of the Girlfriends slash Law & Order connection? What? Like some of the characters from Girlfriends were in well, Law & Order? No, Tracy Ellis Ross was the wife of Anthony Anderson on Blackish. Oh, wow. Anthony Anderson's back oh, on Law and Order. So that's Anna's. barely. That's like a Kevin Bacon thing. Man. Yes. Why roll the two of you rolling your eyes? Honest to God. I mean, if like if like T- Tamara Tooney had been on Girlfriends, that would be a different thing. Or if Tracy Ellis Ross was like a perp on there, or exactly. something like that. Then that's a connection. Exactly. But um, yes, I host a podcast called Oh Hell Yes because obviously. If you guys watch the show, that's one of the characters' uh, catchphrases. And we just go through each episode of all eight seasons and talk about uh, what happened in each one. And it's a very raw discussion. So if you want to listen, be ready. Girlfriends is currently on Netflix, while SVU is going to be leaving Hulu, mm-hmm. along with all of NBC shows. They're going to Peacock. So, Nettie, how are you going to get your SVU fix? Uh, uh, well, I have, uh, I have YouTube TV. So I have unlimited wait, wait, You're not one person. Wait, 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 wait. I have the whole, all the series. I have all three, Original Recipe, I Work a Nice Crime, all of them on my DVR. Oh, good. But YouTube TV, wait a minute. The thing that pops up every time that you want to watch a video and you have to say no thank you? She has that. You, you, you said yes. It. It's because of you they think it works. Oh, am I the only one? 
Yeah, somebody, I'm like, somebody has to have that. It pops up yes. every time and it's like, do you want this? And I'm like, no, I have all the other things. I don't need this. But it pops up every time. It does. <laughs> I just want to watch Cats. Yeah, that and YouTube music. Yeah, I, I'm good. Want I'm YouTube good. Red. <laughs> what yeah, that? whatever that is. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Nettie, of all the franchises, which two cops are your favorite detective team? Favorite Law and Order detective team. It's Benson and Stabler. And you mm. know what? Ugh, man, there's not enough Marishka in this one, but um, I remember I told you I don't want to do any Danny Beck episodes and... At least she's not in it, so thank God for that. You miss you miss Danny by about ten episodes this season, I believe. Oh, so, great, yeah. great, that's fine. She's she's terrible. He <laughs> tells who's your favorite prosecutorial team. Favorite Law and Order District Attorney Prosecutorial Team. Well, uh, it's uh, the incomparable Raphael Barba. Hmm. Have you seen Barba's return in the latest season of SVU, where he was the defense attorney defending Dylan McDermott? Have you seen it? Yeah, and you know, I don't understand. I don't I don't know what the angle is with him trying to like he's a bad guy now pretty much, right? Yeah. With a beard, with a really with a beard. beard. Maybe Ugh. it's like a, a telenovela and that's like his evil twin brother. Maybe. That's how you know Ooh. it's not actually Rafael Barba, it's Ricardo, I don't know, some <laughs> other Spanish it's, name. You have a beautiful mind, Kevin. I love it. Bizarro Barba. Bizarro Barba. Yeah. Wario. Wario Barba. <laughs> Wario. Exactly. <laughs> All right, now let's take a look at the first half of this episode. Special Victims Unit Season 8, Episode 15, Haystack. Well, a perfectly good party game of charades is interrupted by Mom discovering her baby has been kidnapped. Laura Kozlowski's son, Kendall, has been taken down the fire escape, and Mom thinks the culprit is her ex-husband, Dan. Well, if he doesn't care about Kendall, why would he kidnap him? Because last week he came to me, desperate for money. I didn't have any. So he wanted me to call my parents and borrow it, and I told him to piss off, and he told me I would be sorry. After a high-speed chase, Elliot and the cops corner Dan, who throws a baby-sized bag into the river. Fortunately, it's only filled with a baby-sized amount of cocaine. Mm. Dan says he was mewling to pay off his gambling debt to Bernardo, who ends up giving Dan an alibi for the time of the kidnapping. Laura says someone has been following her. Stabler and Cragen learn a bunch of people say Mom was out with a stroller, but no one actually saw the baby before the snatching. Now suspecting Laura, the detectives find the baby's clothes in a bag beneath the bedroom window. They also find strands of hair on the fire escape and a copy of Kendall's sonogram photo. When accosted by annoying bulldog reporter Cindy Marino, Stabler gives a tip about the sonogram. Later, the squad sees Marino grilling Laura, accusing her of killing the missing child. Elliot knows the reporter went too far and goes to Laura's apartment. Inside, he discovers the mother has hanged herself from the ceiling lamp. Mm. All right, we open with a fake-out scene. There's a woman with hands around her throat. and Going way too hard at this yeah. game of charades. Yeah. She yeah. tears in her eyes. Like, come on, it's not that big a deal. It's just, yeah. <laughs> what happens when you invite a bunch of theater kids to game night? <gasps> uh, you're, you're screaming. Are murder. you no. No, no, stop talking. You're not allowed to talk. What was she charading, by the way? We never found out. We never find out. Somebody yelled, Nightmare on Elm Street? Yeah, Yeah, I'm like, uh. The guy had razor claws. Who the fuck got strangled in that? (laughs) 
By the way, the answer was uh, autoerotic asphyxiation <laughs> and yeah. David Carradine. So <laughs> the answer was halfway through this episode. Halfway through this episode. Oh Jesus! Oh, yeah. oh cold. Oh, oh. oh, sorry. It was you, Laura. I'm doing you too soon. Oh wow. <laughs> Maybe that was a callback. A call, call forward. forward. <laughs> Foreshadowing. That's what it is. Yeah. So they think Dan has kidnapped the baby, and uh, they get word he's involved in a high-speed chase everywhere. Then they cut to Dan's car getting blocked in and him running away with Elliot right behind him. How does Elliot go from wherever the fuck floor on SVU to the front of a high-speed chase? Don't How much higher speed does he need to chase (laughs) the speeders to get to the front of the high-speed chase? We heard they're chasing him all over Manhattan. Yeah. All over. All over. Everywhere. And somehow all of the cars happen to be in this one place with Elliot. It's amazing. Yeah. He's Superman, right? How, how does that, you can only like do a high speed chase in Manhattan at 3 a.m., right? I mean. Yeah, that's a good point. I never thought of that. Because honestly, even at the latest of the hour, there's cars out, there's buses out. There's yeah. Ubers. There's people. <laughs> there's Ubers. There's yellow City cabs. bikers. People in the bike lane. Yeah. <laughs> well, when Dan throws his bag, we think that's holding a baby. No, we don't. Wait, you thought it was holding a baby? Never. Well, I, just, I didn't think it for a second. I don't even know where Elliot got that, that idea from. Also, by the way, if there if he was holding a baby in that bag, that baby was already a goner. So, I mean, It wasn't real. moving or nothing. It wasn't twitching. Nope. Yeah. It wasn't anything. So, <laughs> yeah, Elliot, fine, whatever. He throws the bag in the river, and Elliot's about to go in, and one cop says, Elliot, no. Don't jump. Current will drag you out to sea. Mm. Nope. He just pops right back up out of the water right. like he's in a swimming pool. Yep. Yeah. I tell you, one riptide, it would have solved all of our TV problems. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> just I'll waited you, out a couple more seasons. Yeah, there you go. I just kept thinking, too, like, that is not, like, the worst thing that happens to you when you jump into, like, the East River or the Hudson River or whatever. You get a mouthful of crap? Oh, yeah, you're probably going to catch, like, yeah, some kind of uh, cholera or something. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, did you get the bag? Yes, and hepatitis. <laughs> <laughs> and all the plane fuel from Sully's engine. Oh, that time. oh yeah. <laughs> all that stuff. So to verify Dan's alibi, they go to the drug packaging headquarters of Bernardo. Mm. Uh, and that's one of those operations where everyone is in their underwear around a table packing up the narcotics. Yes. Right. That's so that you don't steal so they know you're not stealing the drugs. Is that why? I th- yeah. I mean, you see that like in a movie. Where are you going to hide it? You can't anywhere because you're You're naked except for this white, white underwear (laughs) that they give you when you join the military. That everyone has. Yeah. Yeah. They ask Bernardo about Dan and he says, I'll tell you what, I'll put a good word in with a judge for you if you talk to me about Dan Kozlowski. White Dan. You mean white Dan? (laughs) Dude, everybody there is white. The underwear is white. It's a bunch of communications majors from NYU that are working there. <laughs> is it like, was he, did you think it was white Dan because he's white or because he'd be carrying that white? Yeah. You know, he'd, be, he'd be slaying that white on cocaine, right? He gambles a lot. So was he supposed to be like pony boy? You mean pony boy? Pony boy Dan. Yeah. There was one guy who was there. He was in boxer shorts. Like he wasn't expecting this to be his job today. Yeah. Like, I have to wear, oh, well, all I've got on are these, all right, yeah, if you want. He was obviously on his first day, didn't know mm. the dress code yet. I don't have my uniform. Yeah. So this this shows like how the economy has changed, right? 
Because right now you can make hella money like working hourly at Dunkin' Donuts in a way you could not have when yeah. season eight of Law and Order SVU was being filmed, right? Because mm. like like minimum wage isn't even a thing anymore yeah. in this economy. I mean, you work at Dunkin' Donuts, you can wear clothes. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> All right, let's start with our Hey, It's That Girl. All right. Hey, it's that girl. Who's playing the mom, Laura Kozlowski? He used to uh, lose bag at the tracks and he'd get drunk and come home and take it out on the walls and the furniture. And there was one time that I thought he was going to hit me. What happened? I threw him out. Mm-hmm. I know her. I know where I know her from. Yeah. And I will confess that right before we came down here, I looked up her name only because I can do that. Oh, uh, okay. But sure. I didn't know her name when I watched it. But I do know her as Victoria from How I Met Your Mother. She was the fake out. We mm-hmm. thought she was the mother for like a year right. on that show. Right. Right, right. Yes. Ted proposed to her, but she said that they had to stop being. She had to stop being friends with Robin, and he couldn't do that. And anyway, that's Ashley Williams. Okay. Uh, her sister is Kimberly Williams <gasps> Paisley. Oh, really? Yeah, Annie from the Father f- of the Bride. Father of the Bride. Yeah, yeah. she was the bride, mm. and she is sister-in-law to country star Brad Paisley. You know, I see that now. You I, see that? I now? see the resemblance now. <laughs> uh, I just think of like those Mara sisters, Rooney, Rooney, and uh, Rooney, and the yes. other one, Kate. Yeah. <laughs> about the fannings oh yeah the fannings Dakota? Yes. Yeah. although they they look like alike alike these sisters look like you know once you know you know you know what i mean you know mm-hmm. those fanning sisters though they look alike, alike yeah yeah so do you know the actress playing dollar store nancy grace cindy marino guys you gotta give me something or i gotta report the cops are sitting around scratching their asses no 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 you don't know that's callie roca she played oh, the callie. mom yeah, that's my. She played the mom in *Live and Maddie*, the Disney Channel show about twin girls, played by the same actress. Okay. <laughs> oh, yep. That sounds like a Disney premise. *Live and <laughs> Maddie*, huh? Yeah, it's uh, the teen actress. Her name was Dove Cameron, and of course, there was a sex scandal afterwards. Really? Yeah. Uh, uh, her hack nude photos were leaked in *The Fappening*. Oh, I remember that on Reddit. You on Reddit, the fappening? I do remember that. I remember that. So can I ask you a question about that Disney show? Was sure. it one of those things where like she tried to get her parents back together? Like the parent trap? Yeah. No, no, no. The, <laughs> okay. No, no. Uh, Callie played the mom of Liv and Maddie. Matt, one of them was like a big time actress and the other one was a brain at the high school and they both ah. come together and they're split screened and special effects. And So it was ah. like Hannah Montana, but actually two people. Yes, it's like if Hannah. This, <laughs> I think that was the pitch. It was like, what if Hannah Montana met sister sister? <laughs> yeah, sister yeah. Montana, right? Right. Yeah. Sister Montana. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, we do have some repeat offenders. Repeat offender. Oh, we've got William Lewis himself, Pablo Schreiber, yep. as Dan Kozlowski. After Laura threw me out, my luck went stone cold. I got in deep with this loan shark, Vinny D. He sold my debt to this dealer, Bernardo, who needed a mute. As attorney Lionel Granger, it's David Thornton. Defendant Stabler has a dangerous track record of beating up suspects. Objection. A.K.A. Mr. Cindy Lopper. What? Yeah. Wow. I didn't know that. You didn't know. Come on. He's been on a butt. <laughs> Rebecca, he's a repeat offender. I know, We've talked about this multiple times. I think we just know his face, but not who he's married to. Exactly. I think exactly. Thing. I think knowing he's married to Cindy Lauper is probably his most interesting fact, right? Yeah. You might want to lead with that. That's why I keep bringing it up. Yeah. <laughs> I keep forgetting. Uh, <laughs> playing social worker Lauren White is Linda Powell, daughter of the late General Colin Powell. What? The police and the district attorney made us aware of your son's history of domestic violence. And Judith White 
is once again playing Judge Elizabeth Connolly. Guy sounds like a douchebag, but his suit has merit. You don't have oh, to, like, say that she's, you don't have to say she's like a, hey, it's that. Like, she's special, Judith Light. It's, she's a repeat offender. She's been on so much, she's almost like a extra. She's recurring, right? Yeah, cast member, but she's not in the credits. So do you recognize the woman playing Peggy Kendall? That's the grandma. You mean the scariest old lady in the history yes. of the world? Yeah. I've got a very good lawyer. We'll get him back. This isn't over. I don't know her name, but she is in Home Alone 3. And she plays the neighbor, the mean neighbor who ends up having a heart of gold. Yeah, that is the late Marion Seldes. The public doesn't really know her, but the actors do. She was a drama teacher at Juilliard. Her students included William Hurt, Robin Williams, Christopher Reeve, Kevin Spacey, Kelsey Grammer, Kevin Klein, Laura Linney. And Patty Lapone. She's like the best drama teacher. Five See? Tony Awards, Lifetime Achievement Award. She holds a uh, Guinness World Record for appearing in 1,809 straight performances of Death Trap on Broadway. No sick days. No sick days? No sick days. She's like the Lou Gehrig of the uh, Broadway show. Wow. So she, she, wow. she, she is the luckiest, 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 luckiest actor, actor, actor. <laughs> so can I, I have a question about her. Yeah. I, for one, found her incredibly scary in this. Yeah. And I'm like, she are, she's in scenes with Lewis and she's scarier than him. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, this, this is a refined uh, character for Pablo as far as uh, SVU is concerned. Cause you know. He just he just wants to take care of his kid. And it's, yeah. it's so weird because I'm so used to seeing him the other way. And here they're giving him babies to hold. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, don't let him hold that baby. <laughs> yeah. So. So we have a hey, it's that guy. We do. Hey, it's that guy. Can you name the actor playing Patty Kendall? Laura didn't know she was pregnant when we broke up. She married another guy on the rebound. But now that we were getting back together, she was going to fix all that. No one knows that's Dana Ashbrook. He played Laura Palmer's boyfriend, Bobby Briggs, in Twin Peaks. Original or new? Both. Really? Yeah, yeah he was the original actor. Uh, he is not without controversy. Of course. Controversy. They all? Controversy, yeah. Controversy. <laughs> the website biographymask.com lists him as six feet tall. But tipsclear.com has him at 5'11". Oh, okay. That's yeah. controversy. Was that the contra- controversy? Is that what <laughs> yeah. you're talking about? Yeah, I mean, it's no fappening, but it does get search engine hit. <laughs> okay, Elliot is partnered with Cragen because Cragen has ordered Benson to stay at her desk and do her homework. Why? She's got homework yeah. to do. Why? Sh- Want to help me with an interview? Yes, please. No, no, no. You don't leave that desk until you review every piece of paper on the Judkins appeal. Why? But why? What's I happening? Know, I, I tried to look it up and I couldn't find much on why. Yeah, what's going on? Uh, well, I mean, I my guess is again, this is just a couple of episodes after she returned from maternity leave. The whole Danny Beck excuse for getting her off the show temporarily was so that she could uh, have a maternity leave. Oh, I don't is know. She's still fat, and that's why she's sitting. Like, we don't. Know. No, is that it? No, I'm dead serious. I don't she think so. She no, stands no, no. up in like most of this episode. She's why is Cragen pissed at her? Because he's mean to her. This yeah, whole episode. Yeah, he's very mean. It's a contr- It's a contrived thing. It's because the next episode she goes to Philadelphia to find her brother. In any event, like we don't see Finn, we don't see Munch. It's one of those weird scheduling casting call things. Who, who I knows? just realized. Munch and Finn were not in the episode when you mentioned it just then. Yeah, <laughs> talking to talk about like being down to the JV. It's it's Elliot and Craig and going out yeah. doing Craig on stuff. the street. 
Yeah, one of the places they go is this movie theater that Laura took Kendall to. Oh yeah, I remember her. Well, you take a lot of tickets. What was memorable about her? I warned her about her no crying baby policy. Told her if her kid acted up, she'd have to leave, no refund. And the manager was thinking to herself, bitch, you bring that baby into the 515 showing of the Nanny Diaries, I will fucking kill you myself. <laughs> you want a suspect? Everybody in that theater is a murder suspect. Yeah, yeah. Is she one of these mothers that is like, instead of a baby, it's like one of those dolls that looks like a baby? And she just like brings it <laughs> everywhere? Had that. <laughs> that would be a great twist. <laughs> that would have been an amazing twist. By the way, why would anyone bring a baby to a movie theater when you have home box office? Dunno. know. How impatient are you to see this movie <laughs> that you will risk bringing a baby? I don't even want to fart. I'm not going to bring a baby into <laughs> that might start crying. I mean, I mean, the ticket's only 15 bucks. I mean, really. If you really love the movie and you really want to see it before the spoilers come out, you got to figure true. it out with that baby. So now suspecting that Laura was faking the kidnapping, they returned to her apartment for a second search. They make a discovery in the alley below, a bag with all of Kendall's things. Now, remember, the first time they were there, they believe someone went up the fire escape, hmm. stole the baby, and then went down the fire escape. And the first time, they didn't find a trash bag full of evidence right next to the fire escape. Hmm. Yeah, so they say their first solid lead are the hairs on the fire escape. You find baby hair on a metal rung 300 feet in the air. But not this hefty bag with clothes from Gymboree. <laughs> yeah, how is that? No, they'll find semen underneath a refrigerator, but they can't find a whole fucking <laughs> trash bag full of clues. Uh, then it comes time for that interview when Laura is grilled by Cindy Marino. You hated that child, didn't you? No, I love Kendall. No. Tell the truth. You killed him. No. No! You get out of my house right now! This is a train wreck. I thought it was a little much. You did? Yeah, I thought she might have gone a little too far. You know what the problem, though, is? What? Cragen says, if we did that... If we did that to Laura, we would have every victim rights group in the country picketing the station house. I'm like, I have watched 23 seasons of this show. <laughs> you do that to people... All the fucking time yeah, in this station. Worse. worse, yeah. <laughs> all the time. All yep. the time. You you like lie to them, you libel them, you drop things on them, you have stabler like talk in their face. You do it all the time. Yeah, at what point in that watching that interview did Stabler finally go, mm, no, that's a little too far. <laughs> Even I wouldn't have done that. Uh well, she didn't start beating her up, so we could yeah, go that far. I'm what you might call very good at hide-and-seek. And since we got Xfinity, we have Wi-Fi all over the house, even in my super-secret hiding spots. So I can kill time in here by streaming my favorite- Ha! Found ya. How? You left to find my tablet on. Get wall-to-wall Wi-Fi on the Xfinity 10G network. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Meet Stacy. Stacy's on the hunt for a new pair of trendy glasses. Call me picky, but I just can't find the one. Luckily for Stacy, Walmart Vision has virtual try-on. Now she can try on hundreds of frames virtually, then upload her prescription and get new glasses delivered right to her door. Really? <laughs> yeah, really. Well, the hunt just took a turn for the better. Buy your next pair of glasses with virtual try-on from Walmart. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. Restrictions apply. See walmart.com for details.
Now let's take a look at the second half of this episode. Laura's suicide has not ended the search for missing Kendall, nor the media coverage around the case. Stabler, did Laura leave a note, a confession? Is the Kendall case closed now that the prime suspect is dead? You are the devil, you know that. Still my job. Someone has to ask the tough questions and the cops don't have the balls. Ellie, come on, let it go. Let it go. Warner says the hair strands found were Kendall's, and Dan is not the father. Dan is crushed. He tells Stabler that Laura had nightmares about a violent ex-boyfriend named Patty, who may be the father. Warner and Novak think they can narrow the search by looking for familial DNA. They turn to an Irish inmate whose last name happens to be Kendall. He says all of the men in his family were nicknamed Patty, and his Catholic sister-in-law had enough boys to fill her own church pew. (laughs) Just as they pull the records on Peggy Kendall's kids, Kendall, the baby, is found safe and sound at a firehouse. That's when James Kendall, a.k.a. Patty, turns up to claim his biological son. While leaving with the baby, they cross paths with Dan, who gets into a fist fight with them. Stabler and Novak believe that because of his past abuse of Laura, Kendall shouldn't be in Patty's custody. They convince social services to take Kendall into foster care. Well, hell hath no grudge like an Irish grandma. Mm. The family sues Elliot and Casey for $10 million for harassing Patty. Stabler and Casey are represented at this civil trial by Judge Connolly? Yes. To prove he wasn't an absent father, Patty just so happens to have a copy of the sonogram photo. The next day, Stabler arrests him. He says that Patty kidnapped Kendall and dropped the bag of baby items down the fire escape where they broke open. Grabbing what he could, he left a fingerprint on the other sonogram photo, which, if he had... This would have actually been an easier case if they weren't just bullshitting about this. Mm. Novak says that she'll convince a sympathetic jury his actions led to Laura's suicide. But if he drops the civil suit, she'll give him a plea deal for a minor felony. But what will the writers do of the last 90 seconds of this show? Warner delivers a second familial DNA report to Olivia, who's been on desk duty the whole time. She's shocked to learn that she has a brother. (gasps) Now, to start at the end, this brother is Simon Marsden. His father, Joseph Hollister, was Olivia's mother's rapist. Yes. Simon comes in and out of the show over the next few years, getting into trouble for alleged rape, kidnapping, drug use. Uh, His death two years ago looked like a straight overdose, but last year we learned it was actually an accidental death when he got trick-rolled by some escorts hustling guys at clubs. Yes. All right. Rest in peace, Simon. Mm. Yeah, way to go, man. Poor Simon. Well, here's their next hot lead in the case. Yes. Dan said Laura had nightmares about a guy named Patty. Yes. Look, if I get murdered, the dream police aren't going to track down my jealous lover, Gal Gadot, are they? (laughs) (laughs) So, officer, she dreamt about being beat up by a guy named Patty. Also, her nickname for me was Patty. (laughs) (laughs) So, jumping ahead a bit here, the guy... Uh, in the inmate there, he says that all the boys in his family had been called Patty yes. at one point. Yes. Anybody in your family called Patty? We're Irish. All the boys have been called Patty one time or another. I got to say, as an Irish Catholic, even I have to be a little offended. That's what I was going to ask you. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. Everybody's Patty? Listen, I know there's no such thing as being racist against Irish people, right? However... I was a little offended on behalf of Irish people. <laughs> I thought this episode was a little bit racist against Irish people. So I have a question. 
Is every Irish boy called Patty at some point in his no. life? No. Is every Irish family, do they all have a couple of women who are also definitely nuns? That they would have two? <laughs> <laughs> Look, unless they're conjoined twins, no way. <laughs> Does every Irish family have at least one woman with 11 children? Yeah, they definitely, no, that, that one is true. 11 boys, right? That one's definitely true. 11 boys, that's a fucking football team. No that way. one's true. That one's true. <laughs> Right? There's, there's no, no way that way. there's no way that woman can have eleven boys and still walk. And no twins, right? No, no twins. twins. It was eleven nope. times she was pregnant and pushed nope. them out. Nope. <laughs> well, remember, they got to the Kendalls in the first place because Warner turns them on to low stringent DNA. Yeah. Which we all now know it is familial DNA. Yep. By the way, where the hell is Munch that he's not here to talk about civil liberties? So you want to throw out a DNA dragnet and see what you catch? I can't be legal. Well, they use it in England all the time, but it's never been tried in New York. So when Melinda came to me, I checked, and New York law says it's allowable. Well, it shouldn't be. Why not? Because it doesn't prove anything. The DNA could turn up some long-lost great-granduncle, or it could be some meaningless genetic coincidence. That's Morales. Yes. Yeah, the tech guy. He spends all his episodes reading people's text messages and tracking their credit cards, and he's the civil libertarian. Where was he? Go to bed, Morales. Go to bed. Where was he? (laughs) Like, why was he suddenly in the squad room? Yeah, he didn't need to be there. No one called his name. No one wanted his input. This wasn't his concern. And what's funny is he gives his input, talks about all of the, like, uh, all of our rights being violated. And then we're like, well, we're just going to do it. And he just sort of like laughs and like, and walks away. The scene. <laughs> oh, well. Okay. Well, my tried. department. <laughs> Listen, I'm not even supposed to be here. I like actually work in a different building. <laughs> so after Kendall shows up unharmed, the media is swarming the hospital or something. And Cindy uh, Marino is being a pain in the ass. And so Stabler walks up to the reporter standing right next to her and says, you want an exclusive? You want an exclusive? You bet. Contrary to Channel 10 reporter Cindy Marino's libelous accusations, Laura Kozlowski did not kill her son, Kendall. He's been found alive. That's not how an exclusive works. Correct. Yeah. You don't say no. that in front of everybody. Correct. So now everyone has the exclusive. Yes. <laughs> then it's not an exclusive anymore. Nope. I don't think he knows what that word means. Yes. Like, did he say to Kathy, I want to date you exclusively? What did he mean by that? <laughs> and then he dated Liv at the same time. Uh, so that's when james aka patty walks in to take the baby because it's his dna stop 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 i'm still not over james's nickname being patty i still call complete (laughs) fucking bullshit on that by the way i really couldn't tell whether it's patty no it's patty or patty i have the subtitles on it was P-A-D-D-Y. Yeah, yeah it's the racist one. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's not really racist. It's culturally inappropriate. It's right. the culturally inappropriate one. Yes, and I'm terribly offended. No, you're not. Ne- no, of course no, not. It's yeah, like you guys are fine. You fucking Irish guys are fine. fine. We're fine. We're fine. It's, you're doing it's, fine. It was rough in the 1850s. No, it but wasn't. It's you're got, fine. It got better for us. So you're fine. We really can't. We really have there no right go. to bitch. Congrats. Yeah. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> You've got Boston. You're fine. Yeah. By the way, just so you know, Dan's name is on the baby's birth certificate patty just can't come in and grab the kid and walk off right someone's got to determine that not stabler right meantime stabler and novak are like look we understand through evidence of a dream <laughs> that he's the biological <laughs> that, father that he's abusive because she wouldn't have a nightmare otherwise so he's obviously unfit so we have to figure out a way to get the baby out of there they convince 
social services to go over. Until we've done a psychological assessment and a home study, children's services cannot allow Kendall to remain with your son. Over my dead body. ACS has the legal right to remove Kendall. If you interfere, you can be arrested. Hmm. And pluck the baby literally out of grandma's arms and then walk away. Yes. No jacket. No blanket, nothing. The kidnapper took more stuff than social services did. Correct. Listen, that sweater was in the trash. What do they have? What do they have left? Yeah, that's all Just they have. Throwaway trash stuff. Correct. It's not like it's not like his mom's around to give him a jacket. Oh, oh wow! Ouch! <laughs> Ouch, Rebecca. <laughs> Sorry. Still too soon. All right. <laughs> She's a fictional mom, guys. She's a fictional mom. Fictional dead She's mom. She's real in our hearts. <laughs> <laughs> So just when you think uh, they can't bend reality any further, Stabler and Novak get sued for harassment, and mm. they have to find their own lawyer. And so it ends up being Judge Elizabeth Connolly who steps down from the bench for a week so she can represent them. Yes. That's so great of her. But none of that matters because that man, Patty Kendall, has come before you to tarnish their good name and their impeccable record of service to the people of this city. It's like, oh, no, we're going up against Mr. Cindy Lauper. We need to bring in the big guns. So here's the question I have. Nettie, I don't know if you wonder this every time she's on. Why wasn't she ever the DA on this show? Why? She's fucking awesome. She's like, probably what? like, I'm Judith Light. I got big things coming yeah. my way. I can't, yeah. I can't just stick to one show. But she was. She was the head of that prosecutorial unit. Before she became a judge. So that that is the history of her character. But, That's why they know her. But we never saw her being like Arthur Branch on this show. Well, I mean, not not, not the highest in the land, but she was. But she wouldn't, was that, she be a, wouldn't she have been a great, like, instead of Diane Wiest, like having like Judith Light? Wouldn't that have been amazing? No offense, Diane Wiest, but like, wouldn't it have been amazing <laughs> having Judith Light instead of Arthur Branch? But who's going to fire the lesbians? Is this because I'm a lesbian? <laughs> During the cross-examination of Patty, he pulls out this sonogram photo, which he just happens to keep like in his jacket pocket. Yes. Like a passport. Conveniently, of course. <laughs> this is my embryo. He pulls it out and Connolly looks at it and she says, Your Honor. This is a totally improper way to introduce evidence. I'd like the opportunity to have that photo examined by my experts. Bitch, you do not have any experts. <laughs> what experts? You're not even really a lawyer. You're a judge. She's a lawyer. She doesn't have a briefcase. <laughs> oh come on! Yeah. She has a crisp blouse. She doesn't have. She doesn't have photo experts on staff. She's like, you've been doing this for twenty minutes now. <laughs> well, I mean, on retainer, maybe she has somebody. I don't know. I feel like they all know where to pull from when they when they need those those experts. They do. Yeah, they do. They do. Look, I can't even really explain the way they nail Patty because there's two sonogram photos and they bluff him that his fingerprints on one of them. Also, and- wait a minute. Where did the sonogram photos come from? Are we supposed to believe that Laura is keeping photos, sonogram yeah. photos of her baby in her baby's room? Yeah, multiple ones. The baby's ones. already alive. Yeah, I- the baby's alive and living and is like, what, a year and a half old? No one keeps their sonogram photo like... Like, what, is she keeping it on the crib, hanging above the crib to remind her that he's still a baby? When I started by saying, I can't explain it, that's what I meant. <laughs> okay. Okay, what I couldn't explain was how when they were like, yeah, there's a fingerprint on this one when they told him. Yeah. Why he got so shook. I'm like, 
Like how how does that prove anything? Like yeah. okay, she gave me this one. I, I I thought okay, actually I'll take this one instead. It could be yeah. any reason. Yeah, that's right. He's like, well, I was just holding it up in court. Of course, my fingerprints on it. Right. You guys swapped it. Well, that was the other one. Yeah. So well, that's my question. Why didn't they like? Didn't they check for fingerprints the first it's time? It's so stupid. I don't know. Well, it doesn't but- matter. They're lying. They were lying about the fingerprints in the first place just to get him. But. Why was he like, oh, my God, you got me. It's like, who? Ca- your fingerprint could have been on there for any reason. Yeah. It's yeah. your child, right? Allegedly. <laughs> yeah. So says the dream. Well, look, I, I do understand, <laughs> though, what the motive of the kidnapping was. They did explain that. Patty says that his mother always wanted a grandson. Really? Okay. All these irresponsible sons, you don't think no one's going to get knocked up? It's true. Well, Bart is dead, so it's 10 now. Okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'd still roll the dice. <laughs> I'm what you might call very good at hide-and-seek. And And since we got Xfinity, we have Wi-Fi all over the house. Even in my super-secret hiding spots. So I can kill time in here by streaming my favorite- Ha! Found ya. How? You left to find my tablet on. Get wall-to-wall Wi-Fi on the Xfinity 10G network. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Meet Stacy. Stacy's on the hunt for a new pair of trendy glasses. Call me picky, but I just can't find the one. Luckily for Stacy, Walmart Vision has virtual try-on. Now she can try on hundreds of frames virtually, then upload her prescription and get new glasses delivered right to her door. Really? <laughs> yeah, really. Well, the hunt just took a turn for the better. Buy your next pair of glasses with virtual try-on from Walmart. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. Restrictions apply. See walmart.com for details. All right, let's take a look at the real-life story that inspired this episode. What? It's time for Rip from the Headlines. You think you know who did it. You think you know who did it. But you don't know who did it. You don't know who did it. Rip from the Headlines. This episode is inspired by the real-life story of Melinda Duckett. The New York woman married her high school boyfriend and moved to Florida before giving birth to her son, Trenton. Joshua Duckett told authorities his wife had become increasingly violent towards him and had been threatening the baby. After a psychiatric stay and several court appearances, Melinda regained custody from her estranged husband. In August 2006, Melinda told police her two-year-old son was kidnapped from his crib. Police suspected she was lying and hoped she'd lead them to Trenton. The following week, she appeared on CNN's Nancy Grace show. The host aggressively interrogated Melinda pounding her fists and demanding she give an alibi for the time of the abduction. Grace asked her why she refused to take a polygraph and what else she was hiding. The following day, Melinda wrote a letter complaining about the criticism before killing herself with a shotgun. Duckett's family blamed Nancy Grace for pushing her into committing suicide. They filed a wrongful death suit against her and the network. Weeks before the case was to go to trial, Grace settled with the family. She agreed to set up a $200,000 trust fund to locate Trenton. To this day, Melinda Duckett's son remains missing. Whoa. Damn. Yeah, I remember when Nancy killed that lady. Yes, Jesus. Uh, It is clear that Joshua Duckett tried to get his baby son away from an increasingly violent woman. The results speak for themselves. In Florida, even when there's a documented history of violence, the courts still will... Uh, lean towards leaving the child in the care of the mother. Hmm. 
Should there be a little more discretion? Uh, it depends. Depends? Yeah. End of dis- end of sentence. I mean, it's not the patriarchy talking saying, oh, maybe in this case. No, no. It, I mean, yeah. I don't think there should be a blanket X, Y, or Z when it comes to these things. It depends. Oh, That's- so you believe in justice. Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. There you go. Actual legit police work and figuring out who'd be the best parent. Yes. Yeah. That's what needs to happen. Yes. Uh, the settlement was that $200,000 be set aside for Trenton if he were to be found alive before he was age 13. Uh, if not, then the money would go to charity. Uh, Daddy, oh. that feels like a sucker bet. Yeah, I didn't I didn't know that. So basically it was, I'm going to call your bluff and see if you can find this kid. If you can, you get the money. If not, I don't know who gets it or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's just... I mean, it did go to, I think it was the, I'm sorry, the name ex- escapes me. Oh, Nick Mick? Yeah. The, uh, National Miss, uh, the Missing and Exploited Children? Nick Mick. Yeah, so they, they ended up getting the, the money, but it does kind of <laughs> seem like, yeah, uh, well, if he comes back and. So Nancy Grace ended up like not getting any, rest, like having to do any restitution for basically killing this woman. I mean, I think CNN probably cut the check, but yeah. I, I don't think you can't do anything legally to her, right? It's just the streets know what happened, but you can't. Yeah. Do anything. <laughs> yeah. The streets know she killed her, but there is, by the way, an outstanding series about Nancy Grace on the podcast you're wrong about that I highly recommend people check out. Highly, because she's a piece of trash. That Nancy Grace. Well, Nancy Grace's defense was that Melinda committed suicide because she felt guilty. I think she's a piece of trash, but Nettie, she might not be wrong about that. I mean, that's a great defense. I mean, how can you prove it? You can't ask her why she committed suicide. So Exactly. Yeah. Go ahead, exactly. Nancy. Do your thing. But, exactly. But to use your phrase, what do you think the streets know about that? <laughs> <laughs> Nancy Grace has done so much wrong. Yeah. That even if she's right once, it does not matter as far as I'm concerned. It doesn't matter. Oh, the streets The streets hate Nancy Grace. Yeah, yeah. they she's, should. She's terrible. The way she talks to people. I mean, I haven't watched her show in a long time, but I used to watch it around that time when this incident happened. Um because her show is like that train wreck you love to watch. But <laughs> yeah. just the way she used to grill people and just talk to them like they were nothing. So Nancy Grace has sought fame away from the anchor desk. While back, you'll remember she was a contestant on Dancing with the Stars. Yes. She surely was. Yeah, during one of her post-dance interviews... She farted on live television. <laughs> Look, Wait. Not a little not a little squeak. Like a whole full belly fart. Really? Uh, yeah. Real? For real, for real. You can see it on YouTube or hear it on YouTube. YouTube television. They, they're sure it came from her butt. Well uh, <laughs> she she happened to talk about something and she literally Stop put talking. her hand on her stomach. Oh. And then, and then, and then her her partner, his head turned, and then all the judges looked at each other. It's not as bad as the following week, where her whole boob fell out of her dress. What? Yes, uh, Bruno gave it a seven. Aww. That is going to do it for us. Oh, <laughs> Nancy. We want to thank our special guest, Nettie Smith. Nettie, how can our listeners follow you online? Um, You can head over to Twitter, at HellYesGirls, our Twitter. We're always talking about girlfriends, the TV show, and putting up hypotheticals about the characters to see what you guys think. If you're big fans, go ahead and follow us on Twitter at HellYesGirl. Done. Rebecca yeah. LeBoy, how can our listeners follow you? I am on Twitter and Instagram, at Hell yes, girl. Uh, actually, no, but you should follow them. 
I'm at Reb Lavoy. And you can track me on Twitter at Kevin P. Flynn. You can also tweet to us at Law and Order Pod or follow us on Instagram at These Are Their Stories Podcast. Our newsreader was Cy Freighter. Our theme music was composed and performed by Uncanny Valleys. Content assistance from Travis Roy. Lily Flynn handles promotions. To get ad-free episodes of These Are Their Stories a week early, sign up for Stitcher Premium. All clips in this podcast were used in compliance with the U.S. Copyrights Act Fair Use Exemption for criticism and commentary. Go to lawandorderpodcast.com and sign up for our newsletter for a chance to be our next Law & Order Marathon winner. These Are Their Stories was recorded in the yoga loft above the bodega in Bay St. Louis, Mississippi studio and is a production of Partners in Crime Media. Meet Stacy. Stacy's on the hunt for a new pair of trendy glasses. Call me picky, but I just can't find the one. Luckily for Stacy, Walmart Vision has virtual try on. Now she can try on hundreds of frames virtually, then upload her prescription and get new glasses delivered right to her door. Really? (laughs) Yeah, really. Well, the hunt just took a turn for the better. Buy your next pair of glasses with virtual try on from Walmart. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. Restrictions apply. See walmart.com for details.